Welcome back to the Infinite Creators Podcast. I want to thank you again for tuning in. For this week's show, I have a lady by the name of Laura Bonner. Now, Laura is, she's from Greencastle, and she started a company called the Muff Liquor Company, and they are an alcohol company. Now, Laura's company has been doing amazing, and she's going around the world, and she's won multiple awards. And I've only known Laura, this is my second time meeting her. And um, the first time we connected online, we really connected instantly, you know, and it was really interesting to hear her journey. And we, we just got deep so fast. And it's like, whoa, 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 we need to hold up and we need to just save this conversation for when we meet in person and, and get it on the podcast. So um, I'm really excited for this because uh, it's not just going to be all about business. It's also going to be like her challenges and, you know, what has really helped her move forward in life and how, how it's helped her in business, you know. And um, so, yeah, I hope you enjoy this podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please press subscribe and you'll get all the notifications for the latest episodes. Enjoy. Welcome to the Infinite Creators Podcast, Laura. How are you? Hey Ryan, how are you? Thanks for having me. Very well, very, very well. well. Thank you very much. Um, we connected not so long ago, uh, f- just a few weeks back through yeah. a mutual friend of ours, Paula. Absolutely. And um, you know, when I started this podcast, before I started this podcast, you, a- you actually had crossed my mind as someone that I'd like to reach out to, even though I didn't even know you at the time. Really? Yeah. Well, so um, We're aligned. Had, <laughs> we are. <laughs> I had heard uh, Paula mention your name a few times and I'd admired what you're doing. Thank you. In the industry, in the alcohol industry, I'm very impressed, and uh, it's a pleasure to have you here today. Oh, thank An absolute you. Pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so, look, if you want to just introduce yourself, uh, <laughs> give the listeners an idea of who you are and what you do. Um, goodness, that's such a hard one. Uh, my name is Laura. I'm from Greencastle in Enniskillen. I'm 38 years young, um, and I am the founder and CEO of the Muff Liquor Company. Uh, so we produce premium potato-based spirits. Um, we have a gin and vodka and whiskey, which was inspired by my grandfather, Philip McLennan. And um, yeah, we're going five years, six years. Um, and that's where we're at at the moment, I suppose. Ask me more questions, I'll answer. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. Um, Oxford, I have so many questions to ask you, but um, I'll just try and keep it each one short and sweet. So where did it all begin, this journey for you? the the company yeah uh actually quite young when i was a teenager um i became obsessed with the idea of why potching couldn't be bottled and sold i couldn't understand i didn't understand the legality of it the moonshine part so when i was like 19 i sent an email to my two brothers and my sister and the subject was the moth liquor company and i said to them that i was dropping out of law school and I was going to come home and I was going to learn how to make vodka from my granddad's potatoes. I was going to call the company, the Muff Liquor Company. Um, and that was it. <laughs> and no one replied. My brother rang me and he was like, do you know, they, we've got enough going on. Our mom was dying, unfortunately, at the time. And he was like, we, this is the last thing we need. Like, she's asked me to do, my mom wanted me to do law. I was, there was a reason I did it was because of that. Mm. And then the oil emotional guilt kicked in. Um, I saw myself through, got my degree, but every time anybody asked me what I want to do in life, it was back to, I'm going to own the Muff Liquor Company. So even when I left or finished college and went to London, you know when you're in your interviews and people say, tell us something interesting about yourself or whatever, mm. I was like, oh, I'm actually just here to make a bit of money. 
Um, I'm going to move home. I'm going to set up the alcohol company. <laughs> it's going to be called the Mop Liquor Company. I'm going to make it from potatoes. And then 12 years later, I actually did it when I was 32. So it's not just an idea that came kind of recently. This is something that's always been with you. It's been brewing. Yeah, for very sure. Good, good. The only problem was because like my friends just say, this is a pipe dream. This is a pipe dream. And I was like, nah, I'm going to make it happen. And then the day I actually made it happen, I remember waking up next morning going, oh my God, I have a company now. <laughs> I actually have to make this successful. I have to make it run. And yeah, Jiggers, the pipe dream was very much a reality at that point then. So like, where did it actually spark? Where was that moment that, you know, you got that inspiration to say, right, that's it. And I'm going to call it Muff Liquor, the Muff Liquor Company. I don't know. Um, I just had it in me. I don't know. I don't know where, when I couldn't give you a pinpoint to mm. when it was or why. But and, and why the name? Well, like my, my dad asked me that there years ago. And I was like, well, the Greencastle Liquor Company doesn't have the same ringtone to it. So, and like, and in fairness, the amount of people that have messaged me over the years saying, you stole my company name, I wouldn't <laughs> have to work. I'm telling you, I would buy a euro for every time I got an email or a message through. So, like, you look at, I'm sure everybody had the idea, but... um. Mm. I was the only one that actually did it. Yeah, there's everyone has ideas, but it's yeah, about yeah. execution. And, yeah. you know, you took that risk and uh, it seems to be paying off. Look, I think it, I take it day by day. Um, I'm extremely grateful in that it's going well, but it was a really hard time to get to this point. And now at this point, I'm just going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely times over the last couple of years, it's like, oh, my God, what am I doing? This is insane. Um, but thankfully now this year, Obviously, we got investment um, before Christmas on Christmas Eve, which was the best Christmas present ever. Um, and this year now, it's just been fantastic. Just the progression that we're doing and we, the plans we've got. I'm really looking forward to it now. Good, good, good. So you mentioned two things there. Um, number one is you said it was very hard. You know, can you can you give me a bit more information on that? Like, what were the challenges that you faced? Well. This the thing about having like an alcohol company, or was even maybe it was the name or all of it was. Like you've got so much eyes on you. Like it's so public. So in my head, I was thinking, my God, even if I fail, I can't even fail in peace. <laughs> like mm. it's going to be so public. Um, there was just an awful pressure on to make it happen. And um, obviously with the pandemic, look, I, I know I need to stop talking about it, but the pandemic experience, like many other people, was absolutely horrific. Like at the time when we had launched our company, there were, I think, 12 um, gins at the same time. Ireland was tiny, the market was saturated. And I had that attitude, it was like, well, look, if Ireland's not gonna support us the way we need to be, um, we need to go overseas. So like we spent a lot of time, money, planes, hotels, knocking on doors, pitching, getting contracts, going overseas to make it work. And then because nobody knew how the disease was transmitting, within like 72 hours, every order that we had overseas was, uh, was stopped. And I remember waking up going, oh my God, I don't have a business. Mm-hmm. I have no money coming in. Like, what am I going to do? Um, and that was a real shock to the system. And then thank God we came up with uh, the cocktail boxes. Um, we just came up with new ideas all the time. And I just kept on saying to the team, like, just keep, just imagine it's not happening and just imagine every day we're getting up and we've got a job to do. Um, and then... I went off to the Caribbean. I had my, my COVID over there, which was the best thing for me and the business, I believe, because I was in a better headspace. I just kept on going, and I feel that that just kept me me going, which kept the business going. Very good, very good. 
So, you know, it's the hard times are what makes us too. And you just said it there. It's just like you kept generating ideas. And, mm. you know, I, I feel like a lot of the time some people, they get stuck, you know. So mm. how, how do you apply that mindset of like keep reinventing? You know, what gives you that spirit or that ability, you know, that some people might not have? Oh, multiple things, I, I think. I think practicing gratitude is a huge one for me um plant medicine is definitely my my go-to um meditating um grinding myself like there's certain things that you know you've got to work it yourself in order for anything else to happen so i think at the end of the day my my faith was always stronger than my fear Mm. so like even though there was definitely days of pure panic of this you know it, it over was overwhelming um, I still always like, come on, like this is what you've always wanted. You've mm-hmm. got to see it through. Um, yeah, and that was it. You just got to keep going. Good, good, good. And um, you mentioned plant medicine. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a bit more? Yeah, um, I'm a, a big believer in plant medicine, ayahuasca. I know, obviously, you're a fellow believer. Um, magic mushrooms, uh, rapi, cambo, any any of the good stuff. Um, I believe that any any inner work that you can do in yourself is for the greater cause and the greater good mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. a journey <laughs> yeah. um yeah they're they're powerful medicines and um they're for me it's like they're great teachers mm-hmm. you know when i ask them a question i'll always get an answer you yeah, know yeah. and could you give me an insight into like say the times that you've had challenges where you know you've went to the plants and um you know explored yeah, of course. Like even during like the pandemic, you know, people are ringing you going, what's the plan? What are we doing? And as a CEO and founder, like it's my responsibility to come up with ideas to keep this business going. Um, I remember sitting with my whiteboard, I would just like dotted it, just like nothing would be coming from it. I'm like, what am I going to do? Another week would pass. And like, sure, I get in panic. Um, again, I would take some magic mushrooms i would ask the plant for whatever to release any block that i have and to open any creative tunnels that i have that in order for me to continue on this process um and it's never failed me mm-hmm. so i would love to hear more about um you know if you can give the listeners an insight too because i know there's a lot of fear around plant medicine and psychedelics you know um just by you know mainstream etc but like what would a typical journey look like for you and how, how would you prepare yourself to, you know, go through an experience? <laughs> so I'm laughing you say prepare yourself because um, I don't think you can ever prepare yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I read every book, I listened to every podcast, I googled, I researched, my God, like I, I, I felt I could be being a shaman by the time I went down. Um, like, it, like there's always fear, but like with fear there's, I don't know, there's positive, like there's black, there's white, mm. hate, love, you know, there's always that way. It's just how you get into the mindset and like every journey is a process and some of it can be scary and people say to me, God, I had a really bad trip. There's no such thing as a bad trip. Mm. Every trip is a process that you're meant to go through in order for you to release, in order for you to become um, your higher vibration to your higher self. And I think once people get out of their heads, I think that's probably it. Like when I started doing the plant medicine, I was doing an awful lot of work on myself. Like I needed to work on myself because I, I was completely broken. Can, can you tell me a bit about that? Like when you say like what you were completely broken, what was, what did a broken Laura look like? Um, well, 
like everyone we've all got we all get trauma something something happens to all of us uh, we never ask for it but we get it and it's up to us it's our responsibility to heal but until sometimes you even get your head around what actually has happened you're going to self-destruct you you hate yourself like you you drink you party you abuse yourself you hate yourself like you don't feel any self-worth um and until that point of realization or like oh my god what are you doing to yourself sometimes you're too too deep too far in mm. so for me i was going to start my company i was like taking sleeping tablets and xanax and like everything was just trying to keep me going just because i had this business that i was launching and i had to keep going but i felt absolutely nothing i mean like absolutely nothing like my one of my friends had died didn't cry one of my best friends got engaged like I'm delighted for her, but just I couldn't feel anything. I just was like, I'm dead inside. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, right, this is not how I am going to continue living my life. Was this just at the launch of the company? Well, it all comes to head. I think at that point, you know, I think everything was just coming to head at that time. At that point, I'd obviously I'd moved home. I hadn't lived at home for a long time. I'd set up my business. I'd left my my career which was like solid you know there was just loads of things and loads of emotions and then something clicked I don't know what it was but it, it did and I made a decision then to decide like what what are you doing in life are you going to be a victim or are you going to be a survivor mm. which one are you going to be um what was it that you were feeling as a victim not that you were saying like what was the challenges that you faced that were making you decide am I going to be a victim or am I going to be a hero like living like that's what it was it was solely down to like are you going to continue living this life or are you going to let the the devil like the evilness completely just rot you away mm. and like that's kind of where i think a lot of people are like this and i just got to a point then where i was going on my journey and i did met jerry hussey i talk about him a lot like i feel that man i owe my, my life um and then I, I did counseling, I did all the podcasts, listened to everything, I went into it, and then eventually, I don't know where I ask I came from, I don't even know who told me about it. So, so this was all before you had done plant medicine? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the thing that I always think about, you're asked about how do you, how you prepare yourself, or I, um, as I said, I, I did all this work, and I remember going down, and um, when, when they ask you, like, why are you here? I'm like, you know what, um, I've done so much work on myself, like I've done all the counseling, I feel I'm in a really good headspace. And I remember one of the shamans smiling at me, didn't say anything, just smiled. And I remember afterwards going, that's why you smile, because Aya doesn't make you think, it makes you feel. Mm. And it's just you and your feelings, so you don't have time to think about being brainwashed. Or I'm not saying counseling or anything like that is brainwashing, but it, you t- you're trying to tell yourself that everything's going to be okay, where Aya just makes you feel it, you sit with it, you release it, you forgive it, you accept mm-hmm. it, and then you move on. And can you tell me about your first Aya experience? <laughs> God, it was terrible. <laughs> it really was. It was one of the most horrific experiences of my life. I remember sitting around looking at people around me, and they were having the best time. They were up dancing and singing. I was down and all fours, purging, crying. And I remember like begging my God, like um to make this stop i was like please please and one of the shamans came over and was like don't you ask your god to make this stop and thank ayahuasca or mother nature every time you purge thank her for cleansing your your soul 
I have ever been so so taken back that she had said that. But again, a change in mind, your, mm. your mindset, you instantly go, every time you purge, you're like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you for cleansing me. Yeah. Like the, the feeling sorry for yourself, like, please make this stop. That goes out the window. You want it, you want more. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, like I was shouting Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> like um, so that's, that's when they say you're like um, Icarus or channeling or just it's all coming through yeah, you. Yeah, I was shouting away um, in Spanish. Um, I was like, I don't speak Spanish. So so that was quite interesting. Um, yeah, it was just, it was really scary. It was dark. But again, uh, I remember saying to them, I was like, I had a really bad trip. Oh, I think I actually remember one of the time too. I kept on saying, I am starving. Like I just <laughs> wouldn't let rip. And eventually, hours later, they gave me um, like a banana or a sandwich, which I never touched. Mm. But uh, they actually said to me the next day that it wasn't that I was physically hungry. It was I was like unnourished of love. Mm. It was my like, my inner child was, she was starving. Yeah. And that was like a real like, oh my goodness. That was quite intense. So... I I know what that feels like too because on my first experience too like I asked for healing on my inner child and holy shit the love that I felt was yeah. incredible I got this feeling go through my body it was like I was being held by ayahuasca like it was amazing Beautiful. you know mm-hmm. but um yeah no I can and it can be also very dark you know I I I met a demon, which yeah. scared the shit out of me. <laughs> me <but> too. <laughs> so you met a demon yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. a few. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like? Um, as much as I was scared, they they were saying to me that I was never alone. Mm. So as much as I was absolutely petrified of these, <laughs> these demons, it was kind of, again, evil, good, or being scared, being comforted. Uh, it's trying to get the balance. And uh, the thing when I do ayahuasca, it's like I can see the whole way around my eye or like you know it's like mm. you don't just have one uh, vision it's all over and sometimes you can see that little bit of darkness then you can see the light and you're, you're trying to go away you might be going the other but mm. and then you're just like just breathe and, and just trust the process of wherever this is meant to try and bring you but with the inner child um i didn't really pay attention to her at all um and i i remember like doing the ayahuasca very much going as an adult i forgave um I forgave a lot of things in my past and a lot of people even though they didn't deserve it or they didn't ask for it I forgive them for 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 me to have inner peace mm-hmm. and I kept getting this kick in my stomach and I was like what is that and then it was months later that I realized I rang my shower and I was bawling crying and just woke up one morning and I was like my god I know what it is I was like it's it's my inner and my wee Laura <laughs> she's angry she doesn't forgive yet so and they said, this is great, Laura. Um, I want you to go buy a doll. And I was like, sorry, what? <laughs> you know? And he was like, I want you to go get a, buy a doll. So into dairy. I got dressed like a mom too. I remember getting like, putting on a dress and a long coat, which I never, I never wear like that. And going in and being embarrassed being in the, the Toys R Us store or Smith's, whatever one is the dairy. And walking up and down the aisle going, what am I looking for? Why am I here? And then eventually I saw her. And I got this doll and I put her down. And I remember like as soon as I took her, like I gave her like a little hug. Um, and I put her into the car, I put the seatbelt on. And I cried the whole way home. And then I got home and I ran my sharp. And I said, like, I got her, what am I doing now? And he goes, meet little Laura. And he goes, I need you to tell her everything that you've ever, ever needed to hear as a child. Whatever it is from your parents, to your siblings, to 
your family to your teachers whatever it is whatever what feels it's affected you in your life it could be in your head you might not think it's any way important but it is to her mm-hmm. so I literally did that so I did in phenomenal pajamas watched two Disney cartoons cried my heart out uh, went to bed woke up in the morning kissed her in the forehead and that was it um, so your inner child is the most important person in your life so what was life like for little Laura? Do you know what? I had a great family and childhood. My thing was, I was, I was young. I was the youngest uh, born by years. So by the time I was like around five, they were probably like in their early 20s and they had their own lives. And it wasn't like they were like, get away. But I was constantly told to go away, mm. which I didn't realize that was a thing until I started doing ayahuasca and that's what came up for me. Just been constantly told to go away um which like I talked to my brothers sisters or my dad about it now of course like they meant like they get upset about it I was like I'm not trying to upset you yeah. I'm just telling you this has happened um but it's all okay like we all turned out great like we like I know that I was loved mm-hmm. and then my mom got sick when I was 12 and that was like she was sick my all like my my teenage years and that was really tough but you just get on with it I think us Irish are just like plow on um and then she died then when I was 20 so that all came up then eventually too. But I only wish I did I uh, when I was 19. She yeah. was like, death, my God, welcome it. It's just mm-hmm. another dream. <laughs> we'll see all our loved ones again. It doesn't scare me at all anymore. Yeah, like we sometimes look at death as such a bad thing, mm-hmm. you know. When I actually see death, it's being reborn, yeah. going back to where we came from or going back closer to source, you know. Well, I, I died twice during uh, Bufa. Um can you yeah. tell me a bit more about Bufa? Like oh, what yeah, Bufa is? So Bufa is um, like land of the desert toad. Um, so when they put it in, it's like a glass pipe and you inhale it. And when you inhale it, um, it's kind of like you, you knock out, but you can actually feel your lungs like dropping, like the air leaving. And you like it's like you stop breathing, but then your ream opens up that you're just like going through like centuries and ancestors and like ty- like just everything. Um, this table is something like a tree is something a plant is you know everything becomes energy, which it, which we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came back and I could actually feel my lungs fill up. I could I went through the the tunnel of birth. I was like reborn and I sat up and I was like. <gasps> I was like, oh my God. And it was like seeing the world for the first time. It was like seeing grass for the first time. It was like seeing a tree. Um, just unbelievably gratitude. And But the only the downside of all this is you do go, what is it all about? What mm-hmm. are we doing? I know. You know, I own an alcohol company, which I love. I'm proud of. I work on it every day. I am like, I love it. But I'm like, who am I doing it for? I could die tomorrow. I'll just be remembered. Well, she was, you know, she set up. A, she was a nice girl. She set up a business. Next generation, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember her. Or then you just forgotten. That's it. You're gone. Mm. So, like you say, what are we doing it all for? And and you know what? I still question that myself now. And it's just like I do enjoy being creative, you know. But sometimes we have to go through them processes where we're like doing stuff to give us or maybe to wake us up you know yeah well again like I went through it like the negative of it like when I came out of Buffa I was like oh my god it's all man-made it's all made up religion is made up the government's made up the rules were made up yeah 
like why do we have different languages why do we have different currencies why do we have you know like I run into a spiral like oh my goodness this is insane like this is not what we were put on earth for um and you do you do go down a bit of a spiral and I had a I hate for the Catholic Church after doing I uh, which I was raised a, a Christian and I I would have practiced it um where now I've, I've come through that again and but you do, you, I think you have to prepare yourself for doing Aya is you will question everything about your life and society. Um, and it's not for the weak. Mm. <laughs> I totally agree. Like when I done Ayahuasca, everything was just like, what the hell? Like what the hell is going on here? <laughs> I didn't realize that I had been so programmed mm. by society, like how I was living under control by you know media. governments and media and yeah. how they influence our lives and we don't even a lot of us are like yeah yeah but we don't actually know to what extent yeah. but I just blew the lid off that yeah yeah and like me. and I don't, like obviously I has been going for thousands of years but I believe this generation are is going to change that I do believe people are going to re, not rebel as such like it's it's not a war or anything mm. like that but like I people always said to me if you had one wish in the world what would it be and people automatically think it's going to be like success but like i just want the whole world to do ayahuasca mm-hmm. like oh my god go go set yourself free like i think even the mind the which is very confusing is when they say to you oh well, that's probably not your trauma it's probably your granny's and mm-hmm. you're like sorry what mm-hmm. and they're like oh well it goes down your bloodline yeah and then you're like oh my god so i'm not even doing it for one <laughs> i'm doing it for everybody and that, that's pretty that's pretty exhausting in itself yeah because if you go to say that to people they're like what i know do you know you know, but oh, well, th- and the thing too is like, I can talk to certain people, and there are certain people that I can't, and mm-hmm. that's okay. Um, and if people are open to it, they'll come and question you about it, and then they'll do their own journey. And then there's other people who just think I'm I'm mad, mm. and that's all right too. <laughs> Sometimes it's good being mad. <laughs> well, like I always say, normal is boring. What is normal? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's what I think. Like, is when you do these, you know, psychedelics. I think they they give you access to a new level of consciousness yeah. and you know and when you access that level yeah. it's hard to go back but it's also hard to bring people to that level they well, have to can't. get there themselves yeah, so like yeah. explain it can be challenging and a lot of it too is i find it hard to explain you know like i'm like well this happened but trying to put it into words i like i really struggle to do it and no one has the same experience mm-hmm like you know you're all sitting there and you're like oh my god look at that color and then they're like well what color you know i see i'm seeing something else here and i'm like what and then i'm like okay that's your that's you doing your journey mm. so i think it's um you can only do as much as you can like my thing is i people can contact me anytime they want if they don't want to talk about it i feel it's part of my journey there's a reason i'm put on this earth is to talk about plant or plant medicine and the amount of people that who contacted me and they have gone to do it and they've changed their life is probably one of the most rewarding things that I've ever experienced to be in their journey, to see what they've done and how they've come out the other end. And that is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. That, that's actually really, really nice to hear, you know, because yeah. I feel the same when mm-hmm. I came out of the jungles. Like, I have to talk about this medicine. Like, people need to be aware, you know, because it's like we've gone down the direction of like, chemicals and tablets and like they're not natural they're not 
like organic substances that are coming from the earth those these plants are just growing naturally you know? know i know but ryan again society is told that what we're doing is wrong that we're mm-hmm. getting high i'm definitely with you i feel like there's a new wave a new yeah. generation coming along with um, the young the younger us yeah, you know yeah, us yeah. ones talking making the change you know so i'm definitely on that with you yeah for sure and like my thing is i do have a like a conflict you know like, like i'm i'm talking about this and then i'm talking like i own an alcohol company but i have to remember myself that people aren't born alcoholics or mm-hmm. drug addicts or gamblers whatever it is something happens in their life that they're trying to escape and that like they're they're numbing the pain mm-hmm. but when you do it with respect as everything in life you can enjoy it but it's just those people like when it's disrespected that's where the trouble is I agree. You know what? I, I was one of them. Not, I was never an alcoholic, but I, I drank just way too much, you know, and that there was cocaine. Just it, it was just killing my body, you know. But now, after doing work, you know, and doing Loving a lot of yourself. work. Loving yourself. Do you love yourself? Exactly, yeah. Of course I love myself. Yeah, you know, exactly. We have to love ourselves. Absolutely. And when you get to that place of loving yourself, you only have love for every single I other don't. person, no matter how bad or how good they are. Yeah, you love yeah. them absolutely like you just want the best for them and my thing is so like i as much as i do the plant medicine i always go back to this book called the um the magic it's like a sister book of um the secret Mm -hmm. i'm actually i'm reading it now i I read it twice a year every year just like to go back and do it but it's again it's all about gratitude and the more like giving those people who you know need a little bit of love you give them a bit of fairy dust mm-hmm. and you wish them well but the more gratitude that you do the more that you feel your your vibration is higher because you feel it in your heart it's like you're just constantly in love mm-hmm. like the first thing i do in the morning is when i open my eyes the first thing is i put my hand on my heart and i thank god that i'm i am alive and i've been doing that for a couple of years to put my other hand on my, my chest and go thank you for my lungs then i step i'm like thank you i can walk to my toilet with running water that i have toothbrush my cat i used to go through it all all the things that i'm grateful for because you can get totally caught up in all the negative but we are so unbelievably blessed we are but like sometimes people are just so caught up in something negative that they don't even understand mm-hmm. how blessed they are and i think that's like everybody needs to read that book <laughs> do you know you've mentioned gratitude a few times and gratitude is something so close to my heart too can you tell me a little bit about like your practice i know you mentioned like you get up what else do you do or how else do you express gratitude for people who may who don't do that can maybe integrate it to their own lives <laughs> like i like i tell I talk about people all the time but say even if there are roadworks no people normally are going mental mm-hmm. my thing is like thank you so much for keeping our or getting our road safe or safe more safe mm-hmm. or i'm like thank you for holding me back those three minutes because it means i'm not going to go get that coffee that i probably shouldn't have mm-hmm. or whatever it is or like thank you that i'm not meant to be three minutes ahead of where i'm meant to be maybe i'm meant to be in a crash so like i just change it to a positive or when i'm on the plane I thank the pilot and I thank the aerostess and I thank the people who get my luggage. And when I'm getting off the plane, I'll always just sprinkle a little dust across everybody in the airport to say thank you for letting me get home safe and I've got my luggage. And like it's silly, like well, it's not silly, maybe it is silly, but it makes me feel great that I let those people know have no idea that I'm giving them fairy dust, but I'm giving them some thank or gratitude dust. Good, good, good. No, I think that is so important, even because a lot of us can get caught up in the roadworks beeping the horns and get angry like yeah. you know 
what's the big deal? What are you in a rush for? You are you where know? you're meant to be. Um, I think that's really important. I think another thing too is knowing when you check into a hotel, ask that, like, what's that person's name, Ryan? Thanks so much for checking me in. Like, someone is your waitress at, or whatever. What's their name? Call their name. See them as a person. Thank them for their service. I think the smallest little things and you can get into a routine of it and then I don't know to me it's just it's programmed in me now that I I probably say thank you probably 10,000 times a day I'm just constantly saying it all the time Good. in my head no matter what I'm doing um and again like once I go to bed at night I go through my gratitude list and by the time I'm probably near finished that I'm asleep mm-hmm. so that's amazing I know I'm with you on that and I always tell people like start with gratitude just 10 things in the morning and don't even write the same things 10 new things thankful for the breath thankful for this pen this ink like you can find the depth the, the depth of gratitude yeah, is yeah. it's infinite yeah for you know? sure like even like thank you for this pizza well thank you for the delivery man who probably drove during the night so thank you for the people in the warehouse thank you from the farmers thank you for the seeds mm-hmm. thank you for the rain yes and you can go through it all but like you just if you go into that allow yourself to go down it you can't help but smell or go god it's great <laughs> so you mentioned god there like twice so i'm curious what what is god to you you know what is your relationship who is god it's only in the last couple of years like god to me is is the higher affinity and um, to me it's mother nature it's pachamama mm-hmm. it's the rain it's the universe there's something more in it and once you start believing in it it's kind of it's pretty magical oh, it's fucking amazing <laughs> yeah but you do have to get there <laughs> oh like i did not believe in god for years i was like what the fuck that's not real but whenever you harness the power of god yeah. the relationship and i relate to them as the infinite creator they're not a he they're not a she they're yeah. just everything there's, there's, it's an energy but i also feel like we are god you're a yeah, god and i'm sure. a god god is existing through us so yeah. like the catholic church has led us to believe that god is actually separate yeah but nothing is actually separate of at course all not. everything's connected so therefore and we're all we're all everyone is uh praying to want this mm-hmm. god like there's it's just other people it's again we're programmed into believing a certain way but once it's kind of like i uh, releases that for you oh, there's no going back <laughs> no definitely not and and the, the mushrooms too yeah look um i'm extremely grateful for all of it to be honest like i didn't know any of it a couple of years ago mm. and then the more i was like the like the most like successful men and, and women in this world when you now hear that that's what they've been doing for years i'm like is this was this a secret club that like no one knew about um, yeah is, isn't that strange mm-hmm. you know why, why do you think that that you know the the really successful people are you know it's kind of kept low-key well, I don't know if it's a case of greed that they're trying to keep it for themselves, but the whole point of ayahuasca is, is, is the opposite of that. We have access now to podcasts and, and social media. As much as it's a bait of my life, it's also, I'm very grateful for it, that people, like we're talking about this now, that people are listening to it. And like the amount of young people that are contacting me to go do ayahuasca are like 18, 19, 20. And, you know, I remember one of the guys, I, I was thinking, and this was wrong, I was like, what? trauma would you should would you have at your age but you know and then i was like hold on here like that guy could have had whatever and mm-hmm. i was like there is no age on it like there's 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 no age limit as long as i think obviously if you're older now there's been plenty of people in their 70s 
60s in, in my circle and I'm like really should you be doing this but you know if they're signed off they're healthy then good for them I'm delighted mm. for them yeah 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 it's great what funny like when I had done my experiences there was people in their 50s too mm. and I, was, I was so impressed you know and they well, stuck it out a long time the last two circles I've been at it was the majority were men mm. and I, I remember thinking fair juicy because like like Irish men are like don't talk about their feelings you know big boys don't cry you know they're not meant to have this where I'm just like I fair juicy is that you're releasing this trauma to make your life better to make your children's life better you know I applaud mm-hmm. every one of that and I love sitting in those circles like I just want to hug well I go over and hug them all anyway I'm like well done they're powerful ah yeah it's incredible so powerful I know and you know what everybody's going through something you know no one no one's trauma is any worse or less than whoever's going through it no one's grief is any worse or less whatever someone's feelings their feelings and like that's the whole thing that there's no judgment it's acceptance and at the end of it it's just love mm-hmm. like love is the answer to absolutely everything oh, love is the only thing that is real i know everything else is just a phony you know like fear is not even real like for me like fear and love are one spectrum and fears on one side but you can call it love as well so you can so it's just like that fear that you're experiencing you can just call it love mm. and you see it as a way to love even deeper you know and, and that's what gives me real peace because we can go through shit at the time you know sometimes but it's just like i'm always like how, what is this teaching me you know and how yeah. can i love more you know yeah, yeah. and if everyone could do that laura i know so we're really a good place yeah. well like i think we're on to a good start like my thing is like i try to be positive every single day but like even positive people get negative thoughts but it's all about controlling them mm-hmm. but like my i went away on holidays last year with one of my best friends and we had been away together in years so i was like if you learn to think about me he goes you nap a lot <laughs> and then he goes but it is exhausting being positive all the time <laughs> and I was like, it, it is yeah 100 percent but you know, sometimes I just need a little nap, but I'd rather have a little nap and be positive than. Mm-hmm. Uh, but don't get me wrong, there's there's days where I'm like, why am I bothering? <laughs> when people are being negative to me, but I always think good's gonna out outpower the the bad, no matter what. For sure, for sure, um, and it's just perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, one person's negative can be another person's positive. Absolutely, for sure. Like it's everyone's perspective is, is theirs. Mm-hmm. Like I always think to say when someone tells a story like your version my version and like whoever like the, we have all different versions because mm-hmm. none of it's true because it's a past it doesn't matter and then you're struggling with that too you're like if it doesn't matter why does it hurt and then it's like if it doesn't hurt should you know you can you can question it all constantly get you so it's really good to talk to you in this depth you know like we only met a few weeks ago when i say met we spoke online but we instantly connected yeah, and sure. i think we connected because I think we talk from the soul perspective. Yeah. You know, we're connected to our soul. Yeah, yeah. Were you that person before? You weren't that person before you started Muff Flicker, or were you? Or where were you? Where, where did that soul aspect or connected love come in? And I want to know how that then enhanced you moving forward with the company. I think I kind of well. I think I always had it. Well, no, I wasn't even aware that I had it. Like one of my best friends, she found an old letter that I had wrote her when she was doing her first year university so she was 17 and my message was just breathe no matter what you're going to get through this um i love you always whatever it was and she sent me a message going god you've always been like this and i was like what do you mean by that and she goes just that just like doesn't matter like life is going to be okay positive person 
but I, I do feel this inner, the healing and the confidence and the power is only since doing the plant medicine and deciding that every day is going to be the best day, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's just enhancing, but I think anybody can start it no matter what at any time. You just have to be open-minded, open-minded and open-hearted. Mm. The rest is, it will take over. Yeah, and, and to not feel fear. Well, I will give you what you want, not what you need. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. I remember going down, giving her a list of what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a shopping list. I was like, I want this, I want this, I want this. <laughs> She goes like, oh my God, I only wish I could have that now, but I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm so sorry for disrespecting you in that way. I know you have to be prepared, but that's your opportunity too, to yeah. overcome them challenges, them fears that you have. And you know what? A lot of it is, it's a, it's a feeling of a feeling of a feeling of a feeling. Like everything has a trigger. Like my thing is, like now since doing Aya, when I meet people, I want to know their life story. Mm-hmm. I want to know why they are that way. Why do people act, act out that way? Why do people think they can treat people that way? Why do people like drink or whatever it is? I want to know what it is. And without a doubt, when people actually open up to tell you, it's because they're hurting. Mm-hmm. Like people don't wake up every morning, but you know what, I'm going to ruin someone's life today. They don't do that. Happy people don't do that. Kind people don't do that. So I think that is definitely when people are acting out, instead of going, ah, oh, jeez, whatever it is, would they piss off, whatever it is, ask them, what is going on with you? Mm-hmm. Are you okay? And most of the time, like, they might not tell you, maybe you're not the right person that they tell, talk to, but again, dolls kind of see that they're seen. I think a lot of people don't get to feel like they're not seen. Mm-hmm. It takes bravery too, to want to do the work, even if it's not like psychedelics to actually, you know, go to therapy or whatever circles circling so powerful you know why why is that do you think laura sometimes it's head in the sand too sometimes it's going to be an awkward conversation sometimes it's going to be upsetting somebody um a lot of people like i always find with grief like like before now like i again like i look at death so differently now but like I would be dying to talk about somebody who had passed away, but I would never want to tick them up in case I upset the person that I was with. But then I find out that that person, all they want to do is talk about them. Mm-hmm. So like we, we have not, like I think we naturally try to protect each other and we try and protect ourselves. And um, we're programmed to be like, come on, get on with it. Like we're not, our feelings, we're not, we're not taught to talk about our feelings. I don't think. And then there's always a fine line of like talking about your feelings, feelings. Mm-hmm. it's all about getting like a bit too muddled down on it but i do think that's changing i feel that the next generation is so much more open to it and i, I do think it's going to change a lot of ways and i think it changes people's relationships too like i know like families where their fathers people can only love as much as they're loved and that is something that i have only really realized i'm like have you ever asked what kind of like life do your parents have what kind of relationship did they have with their grandparents, your grandparents? What kind of childhood did they have? Where are they happy? Where are they loved? Where are they supported? What happened when did they have a child outside wedlock? Did they get kicked out? Did you know whatever drama? Like there's always something. Like people just think their parents or these two people just gave them life that they had no life beforehand. And when you actually sit down and ask, that's a lot of time. We're like, I now understand why you're like that. And then you give them that love that they don't know they've never had before. And like, again, we know we've had this conversation. Love is the answer. Mm-hmm. And then that person, then you break the cycle 
and then you change it for your child and then your child then will hopefully reap the rewards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm with you on that very much so you know and i think when we learn to have the conversations that we don't want to have that's when we can break down the walls and welcome in more love i do think though aya helps that definitely i think when i uh, when you do it you're just like do you know what it's okay to talk about this because it's just you know i'm okay with it now but just it's like just addressing no by the way that was something that really bothered me Mm. but i'm okay with it now you know a lot of the times like i would have said something about it happened and like my sister like i love her like she she would cry that i about my past or my my past i'm like no i'm okay like Mm -hmm. i don't want you upset but she's like you know it's not how would you even know what i what, what was going on again you're a child the people around you your parents brothers sisters whoever raised you you know that you don't feel they loved you they are doing their best their oh. absolute best oh my god yeah of course like everyone everyone's doing their their very best yeah like and when you know you look what i looked at my own parents and i seen the, the childhoods that they had or the upbringings and stuff like and i'm like i fucking love them they were doing the best that they could, even though there, as me as a kid felt there was things that I wanted, you know, but mm-hmm. that was just my, my challenge, you know, and I'm so fucking grateful for that because that has made me who I am today yeah. and I love them for it, you yeah. know, but I know that there's people out there and they have messaged me. It's like, how do you forgive someone? And it's like, how do you forgive someone, Laura, you know? But you have, like, you have to forgive, but it's not necessarily for them. It's for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like forgiveness is inner peace. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't deserve forgiveness. Uh, and I always think I took it from Tupac. Like, I want them to eat is not at my table. Mm-hmm. But I don't want them to starve either. Yes. But I do that so I can go to bed with a pure heart at night, knowing that I have done everything in my power to be a good human being and to, serve, or to spread as much love in this world that I can sleep at night knowing the next morning I'm going to wake up and, and continue on my day. And your love is spreading into more art, more th- you're exploring other business or I would, yeah. I would say, I like to call things like this art, you know, okay. can you tell me more about your art? My passion project. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So last year I went on um, a wellness retreat um, in Spain and again, Jerry Hossi and his incredible wife, uh, Miriam. Um, and when I was there, I was then doing one of my meditations. And when I came out of my meditation, I sat up and I was like, I'm going to write a child's book. And I said it out loud that everyone in the room kind of looked at around and I was like, did I say that out loud? And I was like, I didn't say that. And then in my head, I was like, what is it that I'm trying to get across here? And it's basically just a little book on affirmations. It's, there's, there's nothing necessary to it, but it's extremely sweet. But there was multiple angles to it that it's called um, you're a little star and that the stars all come in different shapes as us, us humans and we all shine at different times um, and maybe even when you can't see them they're still there mm-hmm. so it was more for the child and it's a bonding book between parents and again it was like if parents I only started doing my affirmations when I was 30, 33 so I was like imagine if you get children doing affirmations in the morning and like, I know what people are doing that now but it's for the adult whoever's reading the book says their affirmation so it's like they're saying it not only to the child but they're saying it for themselves and then the child says it back mm-hmm. and it, it's just it's just something that i really want to do i absolutely love it i'm super super proud of it and hopefully um it will be published next year 
that's amazing and even if it's not i finished it <laughs> i've done it <laughs> i know but even like doing something like that what do you think so for parents like what will that give their kids maybe that if they didn't have what how will their kid become you know with the likes of this book how do you how do you see that well like say a lot of parents again if they weren't told i love you you are brave um you are smart if you weren't told that as because your parents might have not have said it you might struggle to say it to your child even though you're dying to say it and that's all your child really needs to hear mm. so the whole point of it is that your child hears these words I'm not saying it will change their life, but I'm pretty sure it will definitely help. And it also helps that parent if they're struggling with how they feel that the book says it for them. All mm -hmm. they have to do is say it out loud. And it gives them an opportunity to break the cycle of maybe Absolutely. they weren't told that they exactly. were old, or they weren't told that they were smart or maybe they were told they were hated, you know? Yeah, exactly. So the complete opposite. So it all comes with self-love. And yeah, like I look in the mirror in the mornings and I'm like, I love you and I'm so proud of you that you had found that strength to continue on because bloody hell, that was hard. Mm. So you love yourself? Very much so. Good. <laughs> because there's such an Irish like wave going oh, on. Oh, you love yourself. Oh, you love yourself. Like, <laughs> but you're, if you don't love yourself, how do you, can you love anyone else? Exactly. But isn't that the people, who, the likes of the people who say that is there's something inside themselves that they're missing? I don't hate. Mm. Do you know, like even the last time I did a, a couple of weeks ago and this woman kept laughing and I don't know why it triggered me, but I wanted to get up and <laughs> slap her. I literally was like, would you just piss off? Like I just, and I was like, why? And then I was like, Lord, I, I had to worry myself. I was like, come on, Lord. like that woman is laughing. At least she's not crying. Mm -hmm. And then when she was up, uh, then she started to cry. And then I instantly wanted to go over and hug her. I was like, I instantly wanted to look after her. And then again, I was like, that's not your place. Leave her be. And then she got up, started dancing, and I hated her again. <laughs> and I was like, what is triggering? Like, what is going on in me that I, that annoyed me? Is it a case of, because I wasn't laughing, or a case that I wasn't up dancing? Was I jealous of her? You know, like, that's just, I think, a part of, a part of it is, you, oh, I can't have been off trail now. <laughs> no, <laughs> Sorry. but it's, like, you were on a journey. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, maybe that there was just things coming up in you in that time, you mm. know, just learning you to overcome them triggers. But again, I think it's a, the perception of people, of how people, how they are in their life. Some people are just, oh, it's the people by loving yourself. Mm. When people, some people just don't like themselves. So it's all getting back to your loving your inner child. It all comes down to forgiveness, acceptance and release. Yeah, yeah. I know it sounds so simple. It, you just have to be willing to take the first step. But when you love yourself, Laura. I'm oh, sure Jesus. I know. It's never ending. And the thing too is, like my i've got a friend who has seen my my journey has been through the worst and the best of me i know and they've said recently they're like god i'd love to be where you are right now and i said like, we well, just start like do the journey and they're like but you're like two and a half years three and i was like three years of what like that's that's all it is that i could have please god another 50 years maybe on this planet mm -hmm. um that I, at least now that I, I know every morning when I wake up, and don't get me wrong, some other trauma will come. Something like there was, there's going to be death. And as much as I always say death doesn't bother me now, I, I haven't lost, thank God, one of my, my nearest. But then like my, my mom used to always say to me, like, death is the punishment that we get for loving. And like we choose love every day. And we're only crying for ourselves because that person's at peace. And I'm like, but I'm crying for myself. I miss that person. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's just part of it. Mm-hmm.
So I, I'm under the impression that we come here today, we're preparing ourselves all life today. Well, I think we were preparing to for reborn. Fair. So yeah. safe, safe. Yes, yes, yes. But um, it's like we, and we live in the fear of that, but it really gives you the opportunity from, from my perception is to experience birth and death, you know, a start and an end. Cause for me, it's like our soul is infinite, mm-hmm, you know, and it, it, there's no time, you know, but we are so caught up in this reality that, and that is, I'm so grateful for that because that gives you the opportunity to forget everything you've ever known to remember everything that you are, you know, sure. but getting there is like, you know, what we're talking about. And the reason I'm talking about it is because I, I want more people to be aware of like how they can get to this place in their lives where they can feel free and they can feel love. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like, it's amazing to hear someone like you nearby, you know, local who is explored this and is willing to talk about this, you know, because there isn't that many, some, some can be, you know, it's a bit of a taboo or the word or society. And don't get me wrong, when you contacted me, I was like, I don't know if I should be doing that. Like, will people, will the perception of me be different? Will it damage my business? And then I was like, what? What are you doing? Like, you are in such a better headspace and physical, like physically and mentally. I'm in the highest vibration I have ever been that, you know, I, I need to tell people this. It helps with my business. My business is being successful due to my mindset and my mindset's healthy because I did the work mm-hmm. and I helped that. So there's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's helped you a lot, Laura. Your yeah. business is flying. Stay Dave. Thank God. It is. Um, we're building, hopefully we're building our distillery now in Moff. We're waiting planning permission now. So manifesting that was all going to go through. Yeah. Um, I love it. Even in the bad days, I bloody love it. I'm extremely proud of myself and and the team and how we've got here. And yeah, and we'll do good with it. Mm. I think that's the the best. I know that I'm going to do good. The abundance that I get, I know that I'm going to give that back tenfold. Um, And that's something I'm pretty proud of. You seem to have, so you started in Ireland, Mm -hmm. then you went to the UK Mm -hmm. and then is it Australia? Yeah, well, Bermuda and Italy and, and Germany and Dubai, um, Japan, and then Australia has been our big one now. That's where we're currently at. So I'm based there as such. I'm going out now in two weeks' time. And then we'll do the distillery. We'll get ready then and hopefully aim for the States. And then we'll see you then. And you've met some <laughs> people along the way, investors. I have. Um, very very blessed and extremely grateful for Russell Crowe um, like I tell him all the time like I, I did some shrooms a couple of weeks ago just on my own just needed to turn off my phone locked I just was like I need to be on my own do you ever get that point where you like you feel you're gonna cry just mm-hmm. at everything um, and I was like what is sitting what's sitting here what is it you, you don't have time for this emotion so get rid of it um and I just got this overwhelming I was out in the garden I was like I am so grateful for that man for giving me this opportunity and believing in me and and the business and bringing in his his friends but you know he's letting me live in his place in Sydney he's so unbelievably kind so like I messaged him I was like so grateful like I appreciate you so much like I love you so much (laughs) like he's just like 
you're like whatever <laughs> but i tell him all the time how grateful i am and like when i the first time i arrived in sydney he lives near the royal botanical gardens and like those trees in sydney are just like mind-blowing like i love a tree i love mm. a filbert and i'm just one of those i'm happy with them I was like, I started crying. I started crying. Such a gratitude. They came back and they were like, what's wrong with me? And I was like, I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm so grateful. Um, so yeah, if I'm not crying with tears of fear, I'm crying with gratitude. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I have taken them before and then I've like burst into tears of gratitude. Mm-hmm. I was like, why the fuck am I crying? <laughs> but I'm like, can't laugh. And it just tears are flowing out of me. I remember know? I did them once with one of my best friends and, um, we were chatting away next thing um we we just knew you had the giggles uh crying with laughter next thing i went i think i want to cry <laughs> like ran she was like that's okay and then tears started just like sobby but like my thing is like when i'm sitting with anybody is like there's no judgment whatever person's going through their process let them be if they're laughing let them laugh if they're crying let them cry if whatever if they need to roll down the floor let them run around the floor mm-hmm. um i think that's probably one of the most important things is to be aware of it because if you become paranoid or you try and turn someone like it could go the opposite way i think that's like, never happened to me now but um yeah you just gotta let it out yeah no you're doing an amazing job like you're obviously putting in the work though with you know with muff flicker and like how have you got involved in this network of the likes of russell crowe and to bring them on Aya. board yeah <laughs> tell me more <laughs> uh no sorry what was the question just like you know you're working hard yeah you know and it's amazing to see that like but through that process what is the steps that has got you to bringing on people like that you know uh hustling i think is probably the biggest thing and pure determination i from day dot is i have such a high standard of myself and i want this to be so successful like and I, again, I'm like, why do I want to be successful? Like, is, is that my ego talking or, you know, I, you do, I go through this question of it all the time. And my thing is, I don't want to be famous with no interest in it. I'm quite a private person, but I want to be, I want to be successful. And with the thing with my, the business, like everything about it, I am a perfectionist. Like I want the, I want the best of the best. I, like I need it to be it. And then the whole thing with with Russell was on the 17th of October 2017 so I hadn't even launched my business yet but I wrote down that Ed Sheeran was going to be my shareholder and I said that Russell Crowe would do a tweet when I launched my business into Australia and I did like there's loads of other things that have it but just in regards to those two boys so I went so after had you them. even known these men no never even in their network well obviously I knew them from like yeah no, but I mean did you never. know anyone so you, did, so you really you just put it out to the universe just wrote it down and I was like I'm going to get them and then I end up hounding uh, everybody in Ed Sheeran's uh, networking and then eventually I got a message back from one of them with his manager's email address so went and spoke to them and like went back and forth and then I messed like, one of the last ones was like look the door's not a jarred or no the door's not closed but it's a jarred and I remember thinking right that's it done and then when I actually met that person who I thought gave me the email message I was like I owe you the biggest thank you so then I forgot all about him um and then Russell was filming in Ireland um through my best friends best friends sister's girlfriend um Lorraine O'Reilly who sings in Russell's band um I just said to her, I was like please just give him like this box whatever so she gave him the bottles but I found out now since when he opened the bottles he actually 
sent a picture to Ed and was like, oh, look what I've got. But Ed had already sent him a picture. So they'd already knew about my products. And they were like, um, so I got a phone call then that Monday morning from them saying, look, can you come down and meet Russell? Are you looking for investment? I was like, yes, I am. So um, down I went and the rest is history. We're, I just love him. <laughs> I'm so grateful for him. That's amazing. So you've really hustled. You know, it's really brought you, obviously, with the plants and being very spiritual, grateful for life. And it's yeah. bringing you abundance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm very aware of it. And I'm very, very grateful. So I, I just believe, like, something good's going to come from all this. And I just believe that my journey with the healing is going to continue on. I just, at this point now, I just want to heal everybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> which obviously is not... Some I speak to a few people, they're like, that's not your responsibility. And I was like, I know, but if you could just give them this little bit, <laughs> like you never know what will happen. But um, no, I know that's, I'll do something good when this is all over. So what's next for Muff Licker? Oh, goodness. Uh, please, um, that I get the, the plans for the distillery and we're hoping to have that open next summer. And like that's gonna be pretty cool. Like I think that's gonna be great for tourism and like just for the area. Um, so we'll have our like our shop there. We'll have our office there. We'll have a mini distillery. Um, and then we'll hopefully have a tour where you can come and taste some of the products. Um, I've said I'm going back to Australia. Just Australia's been quite slow. Um, but we just didn't have people on the ground. Um, I'm only one person at the end of the day too. Like I have to remind myself like what we've done with so little people is pretty incredible but i am i'm one person so i'm gonna go and give it my all now for whatever a couple of months a year out in australia and who knows then ryan i don't know <laughs> who, so, knows? who knows so, <laughs> for the better <laughs> so like give me a bit more um insight to the actual like process of making the alcohol like i'd love to know a little bit more like wh- where where does it start and to the bring to going on shelf you know oh my goodness um well obviously we still our gin and vodka are the same base um so when people always say to me oh i don't like your gin but i or no i don't like your vodka but I like your gin i'm like well it's actually the exact same potato base except you add in the botanicals of our gin which mixes a gin um, at the moment, we're making it down in, in West Cork. Um, and you, you've won a lot of awards. It's not just any alcohol company. Like Your your website is littered with awards. <laughs> I know. It's been amazing. Yeah, we've won. And the most beautiful thing about it is it's blind tasting competitions. So it's not like they're seeing the name or, or anything like that or they're knowing the stories. And um, I suppose the investors were only on board the last six months. So have they been even here? No, so we knew we won the, pre, like, the current award before they came on. So um yeah like that's pretty amazing like it's probably one of the best things but like i remember getting a silver once <laughs> and the man i was like congratulations i was like what and i was like <laughs> i was like but we won gold the last i was like but we've won gold the last two years and he was like ah I, like he, he said like we've i've spoken to him since he's like i was like oh my god this this woman and, I was like, <laughs> and he goes i'll just send you and i was like oh don't bother i was like i will not be posting that anywhere <laughs> and he was like what and i was like i was like do you ever remember who comes second no <laughs> you're not if you're not first you're last so you, um, you would yeah. say you're a bit competitive then do you know what i always think i'm not and then i realize how i'm very much i am and i realize now back living with my dad there he's so competitive so i play golf on a wednesday and i know when he's won because he comes in telling me and if he doesn't he's, he's quiet mm-hmm. um yeah i think i think being competitive is is healthy i think for an entrepreneur 
you kind of need to be and then again like I was obsessed with not obsessed wrong word um like when I started out like following all my competitors like I don't look at them as my competitors at all anymore I, I call them like acquaintances and I understand how difficult and how hard they're working that I want to see them succeed. Mm-hmm. Like I wish everybody wanted them well. Um, there's nothing worse when you f- like you wake up one day and you hear somebody's gone under because you're like you don't know when that could that could be you, could be you at any time. Mm-hmm. So I find that like quite sad. So as much as I'm competitive, I just stay in my own lane now and I um, I stay focused and like I just don't listen to the white noise. I don't read comments anymore. Don't read any of the Instagram like any any. Do whatever you, just stay away from it do you ever face any challenges like that uh, i think i used to at the beginning and stuff um where like even at the weekend now um the only reason i know about it is because so many people told me but fake news went out and you're just like oh, do you understand how difficult that is and then it made me realize like we read the news all the time like who actually says it's, it's true because like the people that they're talking about most of the time don't even get a chance to say actually that's not um so yeah no it's definitely publicity is good and sometimes it's not um but you just have to take it on your stride and just just let it be i don't believe fighting fire with fire just throw water over it just let it go move on you can't let it consume you otherwise it just hurts you you're hurting yourself more than anybody Mm. yeah no it can be hard you can get caught up in it and that's the emotions of the human body yeah Yeah, yeah and then you just say things that you regret the next day yeah yeah no but i do think people have a responsibility for their own actions and words are words and when they're out there they're out there you can delete them surely but people have seen them it has an effect on people and it can have an effect like that could have had a huge effect for all they would have known for even our planning permission or for my and i said like you could technically you could ruin someone's business overnight and I'm not saying like that dramatic, but I'm just saying mm. you just need to be, people need to be held accountable for their, for their actions and words. Mm. You seem very grounded. So yeah. how do you stay balanced? By grounding myself. Um, what, what is correct? Give, give me a bit of insight to your grounding. Grounding to me is barefoot out in the garden. Um, sometimes my, my dad tells a story that he saw me, he heard me coming down the driveway and I had a suit on and next thing he's like, I didn't come in the door and he's like, where is she now? And he said, he just looked out the window and I was lying down barefoot with my hands in the grass, just lying there in my suit, just like breathing. <laughs> and he went, oh, I won't go near. And um, it was because I had such a stressful day that I was like, I am not bringing that energy into my home. My family are coming from dinner and there isn't a hope that I'm doing that to them. So I just went down, so some, I, I just stick my feet in, and I'm like, what can I feel? What can I smell? What can I hear? And it's all about bringing down to nature. It could be like children laughing across the field. It could be birds. It could be the tractor. Whatever it is, it's just I feel the grass. I, feel, I can feel the air. I can feel the, the rain, whatever it is. And like just breathing that in and coming back to the new... Describe yourself. Mm. And like you can do that at any time. Like you don't have to be, like walking in the rain is probably one of the nicest things to do to clear your aura. It's just mm-hmm. it's a bit cold here. Like that's not your problem. But um, yeah, grinding. I have a bath every week. It's my self care day. Again, like a lot of people don't have that luxury. But um, I turn off my phone. I put on some opera music. I light some candles. It's just that's just for me. Um, just to balance myself and and be really grateful for my feminine energy because. 
I think obviously running a business, like there isn't a decision that happens in my business that I do not have to make. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes that is, your energy is completely pulled where like I can sometimes I can feel my feminine energy behind my masculine going, oh, protect me. Um, And, you know, it's all about balancing that and making sure she's okay. You mentioned the masculine and the feminine, something that we all have, both uh, energies, you know, and some people, if you say that to them, they wouldn't understand what you're talking <laughs> I about. I know, you have to be careful who you speak to, for sure. But um, I would love to know, or, you know, maybe if you can just give me an insight to how you manage the masculine. Where where does your masculine energy come in and where does your feminine energy come in? Um, so my masculine energy definitely overpowers my, my feminine. Um, and I get that all the time. Anytime I speak to anybody, anytime I'm down with a shaman or a recce or reflexology or whatever it is I try and do as much of those things as possible um they're like oh your masculine energy is a bit strong and then you know it used to offend me I used to get upset because I'm like oh I don't want to be masculine and then I realized then it's just it's just a masculine energy is the provider it's the go-getter it's the hunter it's the decision maker like that's that that person I suppose as running my business like that is the energy I need I need that energy that drive but my feminine energy is when, like, I want to be looked after. And I think any, like, people want that anyway. Um, where, like, I try to look after self feminine. Like, I normally always have my nails pink and I would wear some lipstick. And sometimes I'm like, I don't really know if that, the superficial part is even enough. But I think, like, my bath and that kind of stuff, I just try and grind myself as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But I think until whatever happens with with this business like my masculine energy just has to be there and i just need a more masculine man <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you're on the market then <laughs> uh, sometimes um so you do talk about wanting to help people as well mm. do, do you have something in mind or is that so, something that you would like explore in time or uh I, like i definitely like i talk to jerry and Miriam hussey all the time i'm like we, we need to set up a business we need to do something um i'd love to open a wellness retreat but like like ayahuasca is not that it's necessarily over expensive but sometimes the people who really need it can't afford it Mm. um i just love to to help them um my biggest thing is like i want to help entrepreneurs people who like just can't get money like the one of the the hardest things that i had starting my business was like oh well we can't give you money until you have two years of accounts but i i need it now like i think that's one of the the biggest issues well, um, well I had anyway and I remember thinking of I'm ever in a position to help people I'm going to do that mm-hmm. if I create jobs and that I'm definitely going to do that good stuff um, so how did you get going then in terms of money at the start uh, myself and my business partner Tom um, we funded it now he definitely funded more than I did but just the two of us um, we didn't want to go to our families at the beginning we wanted to do it on our own and then we were like oh we probably need to go to, we need we need help now mm-hmm. um went to the banks just no no good and yeah just got through the first two years and then went to the bank and we're like right now we've got two years can you show it can we we need some money now and then uh COVID hit which was terrible uh went to my family uh, I remember one of my brothers were like like this is me like throwing money on a fire and I was like please trust me I'm telling you something good's about to happen trust me and he's like okay and then i think it was like the following week or two weeks later i met russell crow so i was like and then i actually i didn't tell anybody i went down to meet him because i was like who's bloody, who's gonna believe me that i'm going down to have breakfast with russell crow um and then by the time i had left like russell was like yeah like i'm all in and 
remember leaving and I remember going up and they were like, what? Who? No, Laura, you didn't. And I was like, I did. I did yeah, read the it. Gladiator movie. Yeah, and they were like, are you sure? And I was like, yes. Like, they thought I'd like somebody was spoofing me, but um, yeah, like they're delighted. Like they're over the moon and like, I would be lost without my family. Like mm. they are just incredible people. Like I love, love them and respect them and appreciate them all the time. And I tell them that all the time. Yes. And you also do some like what I would call inspiring work where you talk to youngsters. Mm. Um, so like I get asked to talk to women in business. Um, I don't know a few of them, but again, something kind of happened to me. I was like, I don't really think I'm qualified to be talking to women in business when like I don't have a husband. I don't have a, to run a house. I don't have kids to look after while I'm setting up a business. So there was a wee bit of me like, you know, I make it look easy, but it's not that I make it easy, but like, it's just me. Like I, if I have to fly to Hong Kong, I just pick up my suitcase. I book my ticket and I go, like, I don't have to think about anybody else. Um, so my whole thing then I was thinking, I was asked then to go out and speak to my first one was in car and school. Um, and I remember thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do? I went down, there was like a hundred students. They were like literally sitting going, oh, who is this old bird? <laughs> you know, like who is this old person coming to talk to? You're a youngster, Laura. Well, I know I am. I identify younger than them. But, you know, they were just looking at me as if like, oh. Um, but yeah, I just felt, I was like those children, like I was a child once. And when you look at my story in paper, like, oh, she went to university. She got a law degree. She moved to London. Like it's, it looks like dot, dot, dot. But it wasn't that like it wasn't that simple. It was really really hard. So like I tried went back and explained to them. I was like, when I was your age, like this is what I was going through, and this is what happened to me. And you're all going to get trauma. You're probably most most of these are probably living with it right now. But it's your responsibility. Either you choose to make a better life for yourself or don't. But it's up to you. No one else. Nobody mm -hmm. owes you anything. Mm -hmm. No one's going to come and save you. I think the sooner you get that into their heads at that age, I think the better chance they have to decide. And the best thing was I got like three emails from three of them. And yeah, it's been pretty good to watch their progression. And I'm extremely honored to be part of it. And I'm very proud of them. That's amazing. Was it, do you mind me asking, was the was that males or females or both? or Two males, one girl. That's good that a male reached out to, yeah, you know, because yeah. you're not just inspiring to women, you're inspiring to men too. Uh, well, like we're all energy, I suppose. We are. And but what I mean is sometimes we there's parts of society where yeah. you know they can be sexist and yeah yeah you know no, so. I, well like i got that quite a few times when i was out in my career but the last couple of years now i i don't have that but again maybe it's just because like, i don't see myself as that you know i i have every right to be in this career that anybody else does mm -hmm. i think people are more shocked that i or about it than i am mm -hmm. but heads down just get, get on with it good stuff good stuff and then in Oz now where you're heading back soon enough mm -hmm, what's the plan weeks. for the next year oh head down just need to execute it to the way it is my whole thing is it's as I said like I'm one person and I'm trying to be here and I'm trying to be there my thing is if I go out and it works at least I know it worked and if it fails at least I know I went out and worked but I, it's near impossible to do it so I've got got a new CCO coming in um joining and he's so experienced and he's gonna be great um i've obviously got niall who's my right hand man um so like the business is like i trust like i trust them and actually that's probably been the biggest thing like even like last week he was like oh oh i've got these meetings i was like oh do you want me in it and he's like no and i was like oh <laughs> 
so like this is the first time this has happened I was like oh my god so this is part of me you know not having so much pressure on or yeah uh, which that's just gonna be a journey in itself yes 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 So like, I want to revert back to the start, you know, when you had this idea and you, and you brought it to people, you had said it to your brothers and sisters and they didn't understand, you know, the same, the vision that you had at that time. Because, of course not. Sorry? <laughs> of course not. No, but that I don't so, even know it myself. <laughs> but you had that vision at that age and so many people have, you know, they have ideas and they have visions and they bring them to their families and their families don't see the same yeah well like what advice would you have for the likes of them mm, i think i actually said you know um at the beginning do not go to your family for help like as soon as you say to them oh i'm in trouble i think i'm gonna go bust they instantly want to protect you they instantly are like oh my god or sure why would you do that why stay in your job sure you're great at it mm. um and that was definitely something like i tell everyone however if i hadn't gone to my family last year for help I wouldn't have a business. Mm-hmm. So it, it comes in two ways. I think at the beginning of your business, you have to surround yourself with mentors and like-minded people and like join the networks. And, you know, like even Jesus couldn't please everyone. And like, you don't like everybody. I don't like everyone. But there's certain people you will instantly gravitate to. Let them be your tribe. Call them all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, pass ideas off them. The whole thing is like, you, you can't do it on your own. Like no one can do anything on their own. Um, and it's about being a wee bit vulnerable and just asking questions. Like I have no problem asking a stupid question because it's not stupid. Mm-hmm. I'll ask it. I'll have the answer. I'll never ask it again. There's nothing worse when people are sitting nodding head and they just they're saving face. Waste of time. You're wasting your time. You're wasting that person's time. Mm-hmm. So just go for it. Yeah, yeah. And fail, you fail. For yeah. fail stands for first attempt and learning. Exactly, and it's a lesson. So is it really a failure when you're learning? Of course not. Like when babies take their first steps and they fall down, we celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said it there too. It's like asking that question. So many of us can be scared to ask that question. You know, it's just, it's not in us. It's like, oh, well, I look stupid. But I know. Just, like, just having the courage. I know. Like normally when I had my whole team in London, if someone says something, I go, do you all understand what that means? Just to be clear. And if, like obviously they would, have, they would feel more comfortable saying no to me. And I'm like, don't leave this table not knowing what stuff are because it's a waste of time. You'll ask it once, you'll never ask it again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for any youngsters interested in starting out, what would your three tips be? Oh, uh, have a plan. I think know what your skill is, what is it that you're good at and be the bloody best of it. Like, I think that's probably one of the biggest thing. Um, reaching out asking for help like probably 10 people might close the door on you one one will will open it um just having the belief keep yourself grounded is is so important i am eating healthy is probably a big thing i think now looking back like you know you're just running you're driving around you're just eating rubbish like i look at photographs myself from when i launched the business i'm like oh my god i look 10 years older um that was definitely something that i anybody who's starting out you need to have somebody there to if you're not if you can't do it yourself you need to make sure that you're having some proper diet looking after you and what about the people out there who are like you know constantly watching tv or addicted to their smartphones constantly feeding themselves with information what what any advice for the likes of them um yeah well like 
my thing is for for my feed like i don't follow some of my best friends and it's not because i don't love them i just i'm not in their headspace of what they're doing in their life and sometimes i used to panic going what am i doing like (laughs) absolutely broke living out of suitcases when you know i could easily be a a, a professional wife (laughs) but like you know like what was i doing it for so i think like for my feed you've got to protect your feed i think it's so so important have affirmations follow mentors follow entrepreneurs um unfollow anyone that makes you feel rubbish um anybody like fake lives like most of those people who are living highlights probably don't even have ten thousand in savings so like it's not real don't get me wrong um in regards to tv and stuff if you want to have a lazy day have a lazy day like we are constantly hardening ourselves that oh if we're not doing something like we're fading in life that's not it like we always say rest in peace we're like we should live in peace mm-hmm. like, i always think that i said we should live soft lives um it's about having that balance but i yeah your f- social media yeah gotta be careful especially with the young generation it's non-stop now mm, I, I think what happens is we can get caught up in comparison of course and then we're thinking this is who we want to be and then we we instantly feel like guilty failing not feeling yeah comparison comparison you're comparing yourself to anyone but like even that like parents need to stop comparing their their siblings to each other oh your brother wouldn't do that your sister wouldn't do that oh your brother got a's there your sister whatever like stop that like that's my whole thing about my stars you'll shine in your own time Mm. you come in different sizes the moon and the star, the moon and the sun shine at different mm-hmm. times, but they yeah. shine. They do, um, and I think that's definitely another thing that we people need to be aware of. Yeah, we're all meant to be different. We're exactly. not all meant to be the same. But love is the same. Love, is, <laughs> we are all love. Just different versions love. of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Laura, Ryan, you are <laughs> such an inspiring woman. Oh, do you stop. know that? You're gonna make me blush now. You really, really are. Thank you. Like, this is only the second time I've spoken with you, you know? And the first time we spoke, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. let's not try to talk too much. <laughs> I want to save the conversation for the first time we meet in person, yeah, yeah. you know? That was a good talk. Yeah, it was no, lovely. It was Thank beautiful. you so much. It really yeah. was. Um, you're a very wise woman, and uh, it's so good to hear you talk about the plants and nature, because that's what we are. Yeah. You know? We are nature. We come from the ground. Yeah, I think a lot of the people think it's like airy fairy or like, oh, people like barefoot living in the forest, but those people barefoot living in the forest are happy. <laughs> yeah, they are. And I've seen them in the jungle walking up barefoot, living in huts with no running water, and they're singing up and down the forest. You know, it's just like amazing. You know? So, one of the shamans from the Brazilian Amazon. I was when we were talking, and he's like, "What is this anxiety everyone talks about?" <laughs> and he was, I was like, "Well, you, you know that feeling." And he was like, "No," um, and he was like, "That's you guys have created that. We don't have that." I was like, "Oh my goodness." Do you know what? That's true. So what I've heard is, in certain, um, I'm going to call them tribes. You know them them cultures where they live in the jungle. They don't have words <laughs> for like. So maybe they don't have the word for anxiety because it doesn't exist, and they also don't have the word for cancer because it doesn't exist yeah, yeah. so what i've heard is i'm not sure if you've heard this or not well tell me yeah well basically like we've created a word so when we create a word it creates a spell so the saying the word cancer and you give meaning to it then you're it's an yeah. energy that we create as a society 
and then that manifests in a different yeah, yeah. way so because they don't live the way that we live therefore the word doesn't exist yeah well that's what he said to me about spelling when yes. we say words out like don't ever speak ill about yourself because the universe doesn't know when you're joking or not mm -hmm. so spelling is a spell yes. that you put on and i was like oh whoa yeah <laughs> that's a little bit a little bit witchcrafty for me but i love it yeah no i'm with it too when someone said that to me it's like let's just stop the self-depreciating even though you're joking <laughs> because it's it, your body doesn't know whether yeah. you're joking or not. Because sometimes I, I say, like, I'm reading a funny meme, but it's like, oh, my, like, my life is rubbish. I'm like, I didn't say that. Like, yeah, I'm reading that. But, <laughs> oh. you know, <laughs> you know, I do. I come very much aware of it. I'm like, no, no, mine's fine. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, no, there's so much out there, Laura, but it's been great. Like, an Thank absolute you. pleasure. I'm Likewise. so, so happy to have this conversation with you. And, you know, I have no doubt that we'll be in touch. For sure. Absolutely. And who knows, we may have another conversation some other day well please god uh thank you so much for your your time i've really enjoyed it thank you for your time thank <laughs> you very much thank you how did you get on with that <laughs> i really enjoyed it anyway you know it was really nice to just have that conversation with laura um you know we when we did speak initially we really spoke a lot about what we have talked in this episode and you know it's funny because we both have business backgrounds but our conversation was just we just instantly felt towards love you know and just talking about existence and really loving ourselves and you know because that's what we we truly believe in that is the power of love and you know we talked about the plants and the mushrooms and ayahuasca and how they can help us along that journey that we're that never-ending journey that we're on and, and just keep coming back to more and more and more love you know and i'm sure you gathered from our conversation of you know how much she cares about looking after herself and looking after others and just nature in general so it was really 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 good to have that conversation with her and you know i i definitely know that we'll have another conversation in the future but um yeah that's all that's all for now so I want to thank you again for listening and I ask you to remember that you are the infinite creator.